Hi, and Happy New Year! In this first episode of 2021, I bring you a story you may in part know. A story of changing countries and cultures, and of finding new horizons for yourself in the process. In my guest's case, leading to his transition from basic research into business development. I used to be like that. I felt like when I was describing what I was doing, if I was not extensive about the technique and the materials and the methods and blah, 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 like we do in, in, in conference and so forth, I, I was not legitimate. Nobody gives a crap. I mean, if you want to sell something, drop the science. I mean, it, it will sound totally crazy to most people, but I don't give a crap about the science. I mean, people use this smartphone every day. They don't have, they don't have a clue how it works. The only thing they care about is the value that it brings to them. So if you cannot explain to me your program, what your, what your project is going to add to society in two sentences without talking about science, you don't have a business. Welcome to Papa PhD with David Mendez, the podcast where we explore careers and life after grad school with guests who have walked the road less traveled and have unique stories to tell about how they made their place in a world of constantly evolving rules. Get ready to go off the beaten path and hop on for an exciting new episode of Papa PhD. Welcome to another episode of Papa PhD. Today with me, I have Fabrice Marquet. Fabrice worked as a research scientist in medtech for more than 12 years in top-tier institutes worldwide. He was deeply involved in the entrepreneurial scene, leading to multiple startup successes, including one IPO. He set up from scratch and led Monaco Tech, the first and only innovation program founded by the Monaco government and French billionaire Xavier Niel. In less than a year, he created a portfolio of 12 hand-selected companies valued over 100 million euros. He then founded with Brian Fredrickson, Monaco Foundry, with the ambition to revolutionize the way we turn ideas into global commercial successes. Within a few months, they assembled a remarkable team of serial entrepreneurs, former senior government advisors and Fortune 500 executives, combining strong corporate expertise with entrepreneurial mindsets. Welcome to Papa PhD, Fabrice. Thank you very much, David. I'm super excited to be part of the show. Me too. I, I really love uh, your journey and, uh, I, of course, I'll uh, let... Uh, the, the listeners discover it, uh, discover your journey throughout our conversation. But I'm super happy to first to be talking with someone on the other side of, of the Atlantic. You're <laughs> in Monaco right now. Yes. Uh, and uh, to have someone with such an interesting path, uh, you know, from from being on the bench in science and today being, you know, deeply uh, involved and uh, um, and dedicated to to deep tech to to getting ideas you know from the bench to the market in innovative and disruptive ways so welcome to the show thank you so much david so uh fabrice let's start by the beginning um i didn't mention it in the intro but you did you know you did have a, an academic journey yes. before uh, going into you know, business entrepreneurship yeah. the start the startup space uh can you tell the listeners a little bit about that yeah, yeah sure i was always passionate about uh creating stuff building stuff understanding how stuff works so i was uh i mean as an high schooler and i was interested in science i did an engineering school did a master degree then continued to a phd because I was kind of following naturally what I was interested in, right? Without giving much mm -hmm. more thought about 
having a career, building something, do I really fit in the environment I'm in, et cetera, those kind of things that I was more <laughs> aware and, and uh, <laughs> later on in my career. So um, I think it's, it's, yeah, this is what, what has always been driving me, understanding how things work, uh, working with people that I like also, be part of the team. And I think that's, that's I think the major takeaway that I've learned uh, working in academia is uh, the humidity that, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's nothing, nothing is a one-man uh, band, right? I mean, it's, it's always a team mm-hmm. effort. I mean, it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's long processes also. I mean, especially in med tech, I mean, from bench to bedside, it, can take decades or a couple of decades, right? So it's yeah. usually it's not the same team that started the project and finishes it. So you, yeah. you can help you put yourself and your your own self value <laughs> in perspective, right? So mm-hmm. and um, yeah, yeah, and 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 so it was very very interesting. And and maybe at some point also, it was also the fact that. Uh, it's, it's the meeting that you have with people, the kind of coincidence in life, right? And there, there's one quote from Steve that I love is you can, you can only connect the dot looking uh, backwards, not forward, right? So now when you explain yes. my, <laughs> my kind of path, like, like you did an in intro, it sounds like a well-thought plan, right? From, from the get-go. Yeah. <laughs> Very linear. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like, totally well thought through. It was, uh, it, it was not like, like it is, right? It, it was kind of the accident of life, the meeting of people, the fact that you realize also that sometimes you also put some stuff in, under the rug to kind of please people, try to fit in. Uh, and mm-hmm. academia is a very specific also environment, right? Uh, for yeah. good reasons also, because I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, I think it's, it has some kind of a, a purity in the mission and, uh, and it's, it's, it's kind of complicated to kind of preserve that <laughs> on one hand. Yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, I, I was not made for that environment also. So, Joe, it's interesting that you say that, but because you must have had a moment where you figured out that you were not made for it, but didn't know it on the you know from the outset. At first, you said you were kind of you know going through the moves of uh, I do my undergrad. I don't know if you did a, a master's. You yes. followed the the steps everyone else around you were, were following. When was let's say a moment of clarity? Uh, first of saying of saying okay, uh, there's something very interesting for me outside academia, mm-hmm. you know, outside this thing that is taking all of my time and, and focus right now. But then also, uh, you know, a, mo- a moment of clarity of not only there's something very interesting outside, I, I feel that actually I'm not thriving here. And, you know, yeah, you know th- th- that moment of, okay, you know, I should probably finish my phd and and you know we can talk about that yeah and people people drop drop out of phds and there's many reasons why you you should drop out but there's also many good reasons to finish yeah my point just is what you know what maybe key key points during this journey of doing this research you know getting data treating data writing up defending when were maybe people you met you know, places you went mm-hmm. that changed uh, kind of your mindset and made you look at your future in a different way? Yeah. So I, I really think, yeah, my, after my PhD, that so I graduated in 2009, and then I, I worked for three years at Columbia University in the US. Mm-hmm. And I think those three years were the most uh, critical to me and most life-changing experience on, on so many levels, right? First and foremost, just the, just 
transitioning from Paris and French culture to, to, to the US. I mean, it, uh, I mean, we can speak for hours about that because I think the culture... <laughs> just is, about that, yeah. Yeah, just about that because I think the American culture is the exact opposite of the French culture on almost every aspect from the mm. social interaction, from the, the, the entrepreneurial mindset, the blatant, the blind optimism in the future, whilst we are very <laughs> pessimistic and critical in France. Um, the, 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 the way people like uh, uh, approach and consider the work, I mean, all of these are super different. So I'm not saying that the, the US model is the best one. There's so many mm. things that I think are much better in Europe, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But just for that, it was so enriching to experience something that drastically different. So that, that first and foremost, I think also I was always interested in this kind of, you know, I was not doing a PhD in, in quantum physics or so forth, not saying it's bad, huh? but it was, it was a very <laughs> applied, uh, applied field, right? And, and this is what I always wanted is to be from bench to bedside and actually impact the life of people in the end. That, that, that was actually what really always drive me. Um, <clears throat> but Moving to that, I mean, when I, when I graduated my PhD in, in France, where you, you said in, in the French academic system, you wanted to create a startup, you were like a, a capitalistic devil, right? That, that was the way mm-hmm. you were viewed by then. And, and I had a very siloed European education. I was doing engineering, P, PhD in biomedical engineering, and, okay. and biz, business was always a swear word, to be quite frank. <laughs> no, literally. Yeah, it's and, funny. I just, I just shared something this week about people... You know this kind of discourse of don't go there. It's 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 the devil, like you said. You know we're we're at the the right place. This is the the higher ground. Uh, you know or the the, the yeah. higher road. Yeah, but, the, the ivory tower. <laughs> yeah, well, there, there you go. The, the, let's go. Yeah, <laughs> the no, ivory but... tower. And and so what? When so you you did for first? I think really that's really interesting. And not everyone is ready to move countries. Not everyone. Mm-hmm. It's not it's something for everyone, but. I feel that... I think, I think it's even, mandatory, sorry, but, but we can talk about know, that. <laughs> it's, and I, I, I respect that, and I, but I think if you can, if, if you're not you know, too attached for any reason to where you are, you will gain by, by spending one year, two years outside. Maybe if it's to say, you know what, I really loved where I was before. Exactly. But to see something different. I mean, totally, totally, and uh, to experience a different perspective, to understand that we are all biased, uh, just that, just just by yeah. experiencing and living in another culture, whatever culture it is, you're going to get more perspective on yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. You, you're going to understand that all the bias that you have are not the uh, the, the obvious truth that everybody should adhere, adhere to. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's just your own bias, your cultural biases. Yeah. That's the first thing. And, and I think that the most pivotal moment is I, I was immersed in that American culture. Like uh, if, 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 if I would uh, uh, take a, a very exaggerated ex- exa- expression, but kind of a pioneer cowboys that are, uh, everything is possible. <laughs> and uh, I mean, don't worry, just, just, just execute and keep pushing and something good is going to happen, which is the exact opposite of the European culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was interesting. And business is a second language in the US, right? And I mm-hmm. was interacting with people with no education at all. They were, they were more business savvy than I was. And okay. I, 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 I was uh, also exposed to a, 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 a company that was created during my PhD and so forth. So I was in contact of this kind of thing, but I realized by moving to the US, how actually far I was from that world and how mm-hmm. disconnected I was from that world and how the, the way, the vision that you should have to build a business is totally d- uh, the opposite one that you should have as a scientist. Mm-hmm. So just a question. Uh, yeah. First, 
I, I, what I seem to understand is that the the interface between academia and industry was very strong where where you were, and I, and I've I've heard this from other guests uh, in other uh, universities, other research centers in the U.S. I don't know if it's generalized, but clearly, uh, the, you know, there's something about the culture that's that's already different and that is already conducive to to this, these deep tech projects potentially. Do you yeah. confirm it's it's part of the the routine? Let's say uh, at at the place at the institute yeah, I mean, you were. Uh, yes, I was in the in one of the labs that was creating a lot of startups, etc., etc. That was one of the most uh, I mean pioneer in France, to be honest. Uh, but even being there, I just realized by moving to the US how far I was to really understand what it means to build a business, right? And it was mm -hmm. still scientists that are professors that they're not risk takers they, they, they don't want to take risks actually and and actually i i realized this is one of the haha moment like because i always tended before to kind of project what was my uh singularities as the the norm right and i was mm -hmm. like okay i don't understand those, those scientists they do the, the research they they, they 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 find new inventions and so forth they create new stuff they create and, and then There's some guys coming, business guys coming in, become the CEO of the company and, 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 and they run the business. I mean, they, but I didn't realize actually most of the professor and research scientists, they don't want to get into business. They are happy to stay mm -hmm. in the stable environment or, uh, I mean, especially because in France, all the, all the, all the scientists are actually civil servants, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you have a very, you cannot lose your job, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's you, very... you see the total opposite of being an entrepreneur, right? And, and I'm not saying that as a bad thing, right? I mean, it's, it's always thing. There's nothing that's, In intrinsically good or bad, right? There are things that are made up for you or you are cut out for those things or not, right? It's more the other way mm -hmm. around, right? So this yeah. is one of the realization. Then, like I said, moving to the US, at Columbia, I, I had also uh, access to a lot of uh, extracurricular resources. I was part of the consulting club to kind of train myself. And actually, if, okay. if, if, if you ask me what's the biggest value that I took from having um, um, going through a PhD, is to finally realize that I can learn by myself. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of stupid to, I mean, it sounds a bit stupid to get to that, to have to get to that point that far to realize that things that actually should be that simple, but that's, that's what gave me the confidence to say, okay, now, I mean, today with the internet, you have, I mean, you can learn anything from your, from your, from your bedroom alone. Right. Yeah. And uh, the, the, the feeling I get is uh, as long as you stayed in France, you were in this comfy uh, situation And and very you know everything was known to you. You you weren't pushed out of yes. your it's it's what you hear a lot, but out of your comfort zone. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. once you once you change settings to the mm -hmm. states, first you saw nah. everything's different. Yes, uh, there was probably some culture clashes uh, happening. Yes, but also from what I get, there was you were also happy to see these cultural traits that that were very aligned with your values. Exactly. But you needed to. You were kind of, uh, you know, with no, there was no net. You, you did, mm. you had to go at it for yourself. You kind of, you were kind of forced to find this strength uh, of, 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 um, you know, vying for yourself and mm -hmm. and learning new things. But also, I feel that they were giving you resources. You were talking about a, a club that, uh, you know, the, this club that you were part of. Mm -hmm. Can you just uh, yeah, say this is the again? consulting club from Colombia. It was so, actually post-grads that wanted to transition in consulting businesses. So they, they do this mm -hmm. club where we do, we do review business cases and so forth. So it was kind of training practically like business cases, right? On, 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 so on. I'd say this, is, this, is a, this goes again, uh, again for the case of, of, of telling people, 
go outside for at least part of your PhD. Yes. Right? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And, <laughs> and no, no, but true. And, and I, I would even say that the way that it was in, in France and the way that I felt in France, it was still the way we manage. It's still very mm-hmm. hierarchy, a lot of micromanaging. Actually, my PI mm-hmm. was very involved and my PI was uh, um, really involved in the technical aspects and kind okay. of being better that I was at at doing science, right? Whereas yeah, when yeah. I was my PI in the, in the US was the typical US PI, like one PI, an army of postdocs and managing an, an, a bigger army of PhDs and mm-hmm. no handholding. I came I, I right there and I had to mentor two, two uh, PhDs that were asking me questions and looking at me for guidance okay. while I was just transitioning to a new lab. And I, I remember <laughs> very, very well going to my PR after a failed experiments and, and I explained to her all the, the, the problems that I had and, and, and all the, the things that we need to change, the equipment we need to buy. And, mm-hmm. and I remember very loud and clear what, <laughs> what she told me is like, listen, Fabrice, I, I, I don't care about problems. I only care about solutions. So, so what's the solution? <laughs> <laughs> That's very business-like, I'd say. Yes, exactly. And, and, and then I realized, okay, I'm in charge. Right. And then she, I mean, she, 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 I, I think that's, that's a great gift. She gave me that day. She, she gave me this sense of responsibility. So mm-hmm. I was in charge of my own research project. I was not a, a student anymore. I was a research scientist, right? And that, yeah. that was a very big transition there to me personally, yeah. at least. So No, for sure. So again, you know, clearly you're someone with who being, being where you were in France, there, there were, you know, you, you, you didn't, the, your horizon wasn't wide enough <clears throat> to find this kind of tribe that, that you were going to belong to later on. Uh, but and, and that changed when you went into when you went to the U- U.S. But I I'd like to talk about because when you, we are telling people that uh, and I and I also agree going out for at least for a period of time is going to be good for you is going to be enriching. But there's challenges. There's yeah. you know there's culture clash. Can you just talk a little bit about that aspect? And also I'm wondering, depending on how on what the pace was at the lab. Uh, if you had also to adjust, you know, if, if there was a period of adjustment of, okay, the, the rhythm here is different, uh, you know, I, I need to keep, you know, keep my health, you know, physically healthy, mentally healthy, and perform uh, at, 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 this, at this project. Uh, can you talk a little about that aspect of being a, you know, being a foreign person, getting into a new country, different culture, yeah, yeah. And, and performing? I, I guess it was, um, I mean, it's, it's always a per- very personal and I can only talk about my humble mm. experience because this is the only perspective that I know. Um, <laughs> I don't expect that my, my, uh, my experience would be the, the norm, right? And I arrived in this lab that has also kind of a, a strong French connections. Uh, and it was also very international. A lot of uh, okay. Asian, Chinese, Japanese PhD students, my PA was Greek. Uh, well, she's Greek. Okay. Right? Was she's, I mean, she, she was my PA, but she's still Greek. Um, so, and and, um, and she did part of her master in France. So this is why the, the, there's, there was a connection with okay, my former lab, etc. Okay. Yeah. Um, but so it, it was good to find some kind of uh, commonality. Some, I mean, yeah, I felt like home at some point having some French people around. But actually, uh, I mean, we, 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 I mean, I never spoke French with my, my, my PI, even though she was fluent in French. And even at some point we realized at lunch, we were speaking English and, and we were just French people around the table. <laughs> so <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, 
I, I guess it's, it's, it's part of, yeah, I think this is why management and leadership is very important. And, and this is maybe one also the biggest lesson that I understood from my, my, my PI is our role was not to be the best at science. Our role mm-hmm. was to make sure that everybody was performing in the best environment possible, right? And okay. th- there were this kind of family sense, really, really mm-hmm. strong. Um, but then, I mean, it's, it's also me, my personal journey, right? I was transitioning from this kind of student PhD was basically doing what I've been told. And it was like, like you said, I mean, I almost quit all, uh, my PhD because it was freaking hard. For the first mm-hmm. year, I had zero results and so forth. And actually, I have my wife to thank for it because she was very, very supportive. And she almost uh, <laughs> whipped me for, to continue. And, and <laughs> no, true, true, true. I mean, and, and, and I'm very grateful that she did, to be honest. And um, yeah, sometimes you, you need your dose of uh, brutal honesty, right? <laughs> mm, <laughs> stop no, stop, that, stop complaining, true. finish your page, and then you can do what you want. Okay, <laughs> that's a fair yeah. deal. <laughs> um, this said, this said, if if people uh, who are listening, mm-hmm. th- there's people going through mental health issues, yes. and and you know, taking a long break is a is a solution, but but quitting also, if if the PhD yes. is something that is hurting you, too, yeah. you know, too much for different reasons. There's, there's no, you know, you don't fail at life for not doing your PG. You're going to find something else and flourish in, no. you know, in something else and it's going to be fine. True, true. <laughs> but I, I, have, I have a question. Yes. You talked about family. Yes. Talk about having a sense of family. Did you guys have activities? Uh, my, my question is, how did you integrate in the community uh, it, it, and, and into, you know, it, it, in the it's campus, not. You know, it's like you see all these corporates trying to look like Google. They do like ping pong, uh, <laughs> suck football uh, activities. <laughs> You know, it's like it's like uh, enjoying people around you. It's not something that you can force, right? You can force hanging yeah. out with people that you don't like and having drinks. You're never gonna like them. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's 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 more about creating an environment where people trust each other, mm-hmm. can can be truthful to each other, <laughs> and yeah. and it's, I mean, there's no shortcut to that. There's no tricks. There's, I mean, and actually, that's that's something that's very true with anything. I, I mean, I'm deeply convinced of that. They, they, I mean, especially today where, where we live in an instant gratification <laughs> uh, society mm-hmm. where you have all these snake oil sellers giving you acts and tricks and shortcuts <laughs> and this is bullshit. All the real things in life take time and effort. That, that hard work, that's it. So mm-hmm. this is something that is built a long time. Um, the lab that uh, when I was, it was created in 2004. I joined in 2005 until okay. 2012. So I was not like the first batch, but then, you know, it, it was still kind of a same thing in the startup environment, right? You, you start up, you, you're only friends. And, uh, and, but this is actually at the very, um, at the very beginning that you can set up the, the good foundation to build mm-hmm. the culture because it's, it's, it's exactly that. It's to build a culture with values, uh, yeah. with a vision. Uh, and people needs to know, need to know why they're doing what they're doing. That, that's that's the, the, the bottom line. If you know why mm-hmm. you're doing what you're doing, because, I mean, let's be honest, everything is going to be f***ing hard, no matter what, right? Every, everything is hard, right? At some point, by design, yeah. By design, everything true. is hard. So what will, you, what will keep you going when things get, get, get hard, right? I mean, when most exactly. people would quit. So this is why I think I'm, I'm I mean, I'm not, I mean, a lot of people say that. I mean, but yeah, be, be very clear about what are your objectives in lives. And, and that sounds kind of stupid and, and easy, uh, but mm-hmm. that's something that I realized at this point. Uh, so I was like 28, 29, like almost yeah, it was 10 years ago. Um, 
I, I realized that, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I started be, be, becoming serious about asking myself those questions mm-hmm. and serious about answering them and, and, and not doing what people expected me to do or <laughs> what will look good, right? Like, screw everybody. I, I'm going to just be selfish for a moment and not really understand what, what drives me in life. This is very interesting what you're saying because uh, it can sound harsh, but I, I see I see what you want to say. Can you give an example? You know, think about you know an example that you could share with the listeners of what you mean by you know not giving a damn and 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 being selfish, but you know being selfish in the in the in the sense of I have an objective and I'm and I'm gonna not keep, take my eyes off the of the of the prize. Yeah. I, I think. Can you give an example of how that that transpired and what you something you did that really gives this message as an example? To be honest, it's a process. It's a process that I started ten years ago, and it's it's still a work in progress. I mean, I mm-hmm. I, I think that's I've been keeping ask, asking myself those questions. I've that made me realize that being honest and true, because I think that the easiest people to lie to is yourself. <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 convinced of that, right? And Knowing yourself, I think it's a lifelong process. And, and I don't know if I will be able to fully understand and know myself at some point, but that's, that's a goal that I, I mean, that's a goal I, I want. Actually, one of my objectives, right? And, mm-hmm. and understanding that's, like I told you, that finally, what are my, my uh, acknowledging the fact that I'm weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm passionate. I'm, I'm, I sound confident, but I am also humble. That's... I, I mean, acknowledging those traits and understanding that I, I'm, I'm impatient also. So, mm-hmm. of course, some stuff that takes time at some point can also get me frustrated. <laughs> I'm, I have zero patience for politics and bureaucracy, for instance. Um, mm-hmm. and, and to be honest, coming back to the French academic system, <laughs> where it's, hmm. I mean, it, it's, it's exactly that. And I, I understand because it, it's always the same, the same thing. The bigger you grow as an organization, the less... The less um, agile and you will be the more stable you of will course. be and also for good reasons right i mean stability is not bad actually actually that's that's mm-hmm. that's the main goal that people uh, chase right it's to make sure that mm-hmm. everybody is stable and we're safe and and we have this kind of number that, that of course right um mm-hmm. but i realized that i was actually very comfortable being being uncomfortable right i mm-hmm. like i like mm-hmm. to tear down down what i've done if needed to start again and uh, and actually i have more fun starting stuff from scratch than managing something that works uh-huh. and again and again it goes to, to you know it goes to, to, with the point that people are different you know different yeah. people will want to go to you know abroad some people like to start things some people prefer to be working in something that's already rolling and and it's you know i i totally understand now you talk about you talked about breaking something down to start something new and you know we talked we kind of went uh, up until you worked three years at the lab and then what happened you know i'd like to know the next chapter in the the story i mean and this is going to be also part personal but i'm I'm happy to share i mean it was my wife made tremendous effort to follow me in the u.s uh so it was not that easy for her our also goal was always not to leave there forever because of family friends i mean living abroad I mean, like everybody in, in life also, you always have a price to pay and people tend to mm-hmm. forget that. But <laughs> So whatever mm-hmm. you do, there's a price to pay. And the price to pay for having this such great experience was being away from family and friends and missing out on lots of opportunities and so forth. And I think three years, and we've seen that with our friends that were uh, in the US also, it's kind of a, 
kind of a, a threshold, right? Either you you become uh, you become expatriated in li- uh, and and become like a resident in the US for life, for life, or yeah. you come back, right? And um, and we chose to come back, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. to me, it was also the end of a cycle based on on, on the research that we've done. I, I I really felt this. The goal was actually to to stay for two years first. I mean, let's mm-hmm. be totally honest. Um, but I, I stayed one more year to be able to finish what I what I studied, which was kind of this. Uh, so I was working on. Uh, I mean, on 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 on, on uh, my role on, uh, was transitioning from a mouse model to a non-human primate model, like right? making the first uh, proof of concept on that model. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to finish. I mean. Right. Yeah, you want to close that exactly, chapter. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so my, my job, I, I've done what I was supposed to do. Uh, it, it was it was kind of a postdoc, kind of a time thing. I could have also maybe stay in the U.S. Um, system, but we decided to come back. So and actually, <laughs> let's be totally honest. I came back to France, and based on what I've done, I I've started looking a bit on the the consulting jobs. Uh, because okay. this is this is um, this is what on paper I liked, you know. I mean, this kind of business it was to me was common sense, so it was and, and mm-hmm. new to use this kind of logic that I've developed through science on another mm-hmm. field. And actually, it was a terrible experience doing. I actually did just one or two uh, interviews. Okay. And I, I realized it's it was the most rigid <laughs> uh, environment. It was not creative. Not a good fit for you. Yeah, not a good fit for me. And once again, that's fine. And actually, I moved back to another lab uh, on, with the intent to create a startup. Right? That was that was the. Okay. I mean, they they really made me come back here. So it was in Bordeaux. Okay. Uh, it was in cardiology. It was so new topics still. I mean, and I haven't said that. So my my focus was um, actually a ther- a therapeutic ultrasound. So I used okay. focused ultrasound to 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 burn tissues deep in, deep in the in the body, like to treat tumor. And also use mechanical effects for either drug delivery or actually cardiac okay. pacing. So that, that was what I was doing in um, in Bordeaux, and it was amazing for two years. <laughs> Same thing, like mm-hmm. uh, building from scratch the with what we had, software, hardware, prototyping. Show the first proof of concept on an animal model, showing that there's something that needs to be investigated and could be transferred mm-hmm. one day. And then it was very, very complicated then to, to do the tech transfer because I mean, I'll okay. do, yeah, and I mean, we can get into details. The process, the process was too cumbersome. The thing is, there is a lot of big entities that help to do tech transfers. For example, I had five owners on my patents. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And the thing is, for all of these big entities, your project is nothing. So no owner has zero incentive to, for the project to go forward, right? Okay. So it's 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 tough. It's 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 yeah. It's it's very hard to to do something efficiently. And um, and actually, so and 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 then after four years, that I, I had the opportunity to come back to 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 Monaco, which is my 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 home country. And actually, I left Monaco mm-hmm. when I was sixteen, and I never live as an adult in in my own country. Which was, oh, wow. uh, yeah, it was kind of weird when I came back, to be honest. <laughs> And to be honest, I still feel a bit culturally like a foreigner in my own country. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting. Before going back to the interview, I just want to let you know of a promotion offer that I received for all of the Papa PhD listeners. If you need graphics or animations for your research, or if you're creating scientific content of any kind, Scientist Studio reached out to me to offer 10% off of any of their services, from whiteboard animations and script writing to social media management, 
and conference launch packages. To get the 10% off, all you need to do is go to scientist.studio with two T's, the link is in the show notes, and use the promo code PAPAPHD in one word at checkout. And now, back to our interview. Knowing and having talked with you before, I kind of see where this is going. You you saw that the system, the classical or canonical system wasn't working. Yeah. And, and then... And then I think that's you know I'll let you talk and 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 uh, and tell no, no, the next I, chapter. And yes, and and this is also kind of a contradiction that I have, and I I haven't um, because I, I always love to have kind of a systemic vision and a top-down mm-hmm. approach, right? You have a leader, a vision, and then you execute. And, and but you realize that it never happens like that in big organizations. <laughs> um, and the thing is also I don't have the patience to play the politics, right? Okay. I, okay. I, I, I mean, and once again, I'm not. I'm not. I think it's a very good trait to have. I think it's some people to actually change stuff in society. You need these kind of qualities. I, I mm-hmm. just don't have them, right? Mm-hmm. So, so yes, and, and and so the next chapter was I have this kind of opportunity to come back and be the first managing director of of this new incubation program that Monaco started. Uh, mm-hmm. It was great because, like I said, it was my country. I feel very attached to to my country. But uh, of course, that, based on my career, it was very complicated to do something there, right? Um, so it was mm-hmm. a, a good opportunity to come back, contribute to add value to my country, and do something that I was passionate about. And it was also a very, very um, um, useful and valuable uh, learning experience for me, right? Because I transitioned mm-hmm. almost from one day to the other, from being a scientist, uh, project leader of a startup, to uh, building from scratch an incubation program. So, question: How did that transpire? Did were you were you contacted, or were there was there a, a call for applications? How how, yeah, how did the, you get this I, opportunity? I, I, actually, I'll be very very honest. I heard about it like end of twenty sixteen. And at that point, I was thinking, oh, that's great. So I'm going to see my owners, negotiate with them, like royalty deals that they cannot say no to, mm-hmm. bring on my patent to Monaco and, and start my company in the incubator. That, that's about my first okay. thought. And, okay, okay, okay. And then I saw actually the, the, the job offer, the job, the job description for the, for, for, for the managing director role. And I read uh-huh. through it. I said, oh, man, that, that, sounds, <laughs> that sounds super interesting. I think I would, <laughs> I would be very good at it, to be honest. I think I, I would very much enjoy it. Let's apply. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, I, and I got the job. And to be honest, it's also, it, what was good is most of the screening process was about establishing, I mean, it, it, was, it was a blank sheet. It was, I mean, mm-hmm. a government okay. doing innovation, they have no clue. I mean, and, and I'm, not, I'm not saying that to, to, to say that it's bad, right? I mean, a government and uh, being an entrepreneur innovation, it's a, a totally different mindset, right? <laughs> of course. So the whole section process was about having a vision for this program. Mm-hmm. And this is also something that I used to think about for quite some time because I'm like, man, there's such a huge opportunity in my country to do something like that. There's a lot of assets that we don't capitalize on. So mm-hmm. actually doing this kind of exercise to submit from, because w- what they've done to be a bit cheeky is that they've done like a, uh, an interview like for the last applicants and for the last two or three ones, me included, they say, okay, so we're going to see you tomorrow and we, we want to see like a two page vision about uh, what's your vision about the, the innovation program, right? What it's going to be. Okay. <laughs> and to me it was like piece of cake because uh, I've thought about that for, for, for years. <laughs> Ages. So, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of a, and you know, and it, this kind of feeling that everything that you've done so far in line in life kind of in line for what you have to do now. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, 
and, and, and yeah, and it's funny to have this feeling whilst 10 years before feeling totally lost and almost <laughs> quitting and feeling that you are like a, like a black swan and, 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 and you have no idea where you're going. Right. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, if there are people that right now are feeling that way, I mean, this is <laughs> things that usually get, get much better when you get older. <laughs> Yeah. Now I have a question for you, which is the following. So we're going to talk a little bit, uh, of course, of what you do and what what your organization does. But your PhD and 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 the, that experience in the states, what has it brought to what you do today? If you can kind of tell what you what you guys yeah. do, you know, because I, I, what I'm always thinking is the listener might might be thinking, okay, th this interests me, but how do I fit in such an organization? Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, yes, yes. So I, I think what, what, what really I took away from all my, my, what I've learned as a PhD and a scientist and so forth was mainly this, this, this kind of be at, at the same time kind of patient and diligent because like, like I told you, the, the, the real uh, things takes time to develop. Mm -hmm. But being patient enough in the short run to be, make sure that you execute on, on that roadmap as as fast as possible so that that's one the other is like i don't know to what extent it's me personally and and all what i learned which actually is quite intertwined right um mm -hmm. it's this kind of willingness to deconstruct everything that you give to me <laughs> to, to, <laughs> to, to 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 kind of understand how i could make it better right and if there are two paths in front of me and one path that most people will follow and people will take that path most probably because they will feel more safer safer to follow their own kind and so forth. I'm always willing to take the other path. Okay. So my premise for the vision mm. is for example, at the incubator program I was like, I mean, incubator doesn't work. <laughs> so mm. they don't create value uh, on, on average. And the way we build company is very inefficient because as of now, if you look at the numbers, 90%, 95% of company, they do fail. Right. And there's many, many reasons why, 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 um, And so I push as much as I could through the government program, this kind of vision, mm -hmm. but then it was not my company. I had also other stakeholders to answer to. Of course. That take time, but, and, 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 and this is what at some point also the vision that they have was they were very happy with what we built, which is a good incubation program. But my mm -hmm. vision was much more ambitious than that. Right. So this is why okay. actually, I, I had a choice. Either I would have a very kind of very comfortable position with a good salary, kind of high profile, a lot of uh, press and stuff like that, even locally and even maybe more, a bit internationally. Okay. But this is not what, what drives me. So I actually quit to start my own company. And I, I, I achieved this vision like, like yeah. A, yeah, sorry. No, so that's, this is how we get to Monaco Foundry. Yeah. And what, what I was really curious because my listeners There's some some that are in their PhD, you know, finishing or having finished. But some of them, uh, and I, I've talked with, with some people, I've, and I've had also some guests who have this entrepreneurial uh, fiber in them. And I'm going to ask it this way. I don't know if it's maybe too naive in the in the way I'm going to ask it. But uh, we're talking about deep tech. We're talking about bringing new uh, new new scientific discoveries to application in the world mm -hmm. in a business in a, in a business way people who are listening who either have an idea they can be pis mm -hmm. they can have a molecule they can have a, a, a treatment what does monaco foundry uh, bring them what's what can they get from 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 your approach that 
you feel they're not getting today globally yeah, yeah. so on on one end you, you have like uh, i mean the problem is the, the people that uh, i don't know if he, I, I i should maybe start i mean this is going to be a big technical so let, let's dig in a bit exactly what we do and why we do it mm. um what what we do is we partner with 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 companies or founders <clears throat> and uh, our model is we become part owner of the company so we're not consultants We're not going to be mercenary. Okay. They're going to be paid. And to be honest, the problem of most of those companies, they don't have the financial needs to pay top consultants. Mm -hmm. Or if they have, they don't want to spend it on consultants, which is actually clever. Um, and, and I mean, of course, you can do a bit of pro bono, but pro bono as, I mean, okay, so people help you when they can, right? When they have time. Yeah. So here, <laughs> we totally in line objectives. So we share the same risk because we're going to, I mean, with the company that we work, we're going to get paid when we're going to sell the company. And we and eventually this, so there's the same reward. So it's all a matter of uh, of becoming. I mean, we become the super experienced BD team. So uh, okay, we've assembled. I mean, we have assembled this kind of people. And I mean, I'm not going to list the, the the CVs. And if people are very interested, they can look at the. We have the people on our on our websites. Uh, but and we, I will share the links in the in the perfect. show notes for sure. But we, we basically give access to this early stage founder, to the people they, they don't know, can't approach, can pay, and desperately needs to actually uh, structure and scale a business. Because mm -hmm. the, 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 the major challenge as a startup is to not waste time. This is a major yeah. challenge because no matter what you do, no matter our proprietary, what you've developed, et cetera, the, the idea is worth nothing. <laughs> the only thing that is worth something is your ability to execute on it and build something as fast as possible before someone beats, beat, beats you to it, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what we do. So basically we help them on any level from strategy, the business model, the um, who to, I mean, but also connecting them to the right people, especially when you have a deep tech project, it's usually industrial. So your clients are usually big corporates which are mm. very inertial, bureaucratic, and political. Um, <laughs> and and, and once, when you are in this environment, you know who to talk to to make things happen because it's not necessarily the guy that has the big title that can make things happen. Um, so that's it. It's just based on our experience. We just connect them with the right people and, and directly at the decision maker uh, level. And because the, I've seen a lot of deep tech company, they, they have the impression that they're project move forward because they are now in talks with big players, right? But they're talking mm -hmm. to like managers that have no incentive to push their project forward. And mm -hmm. they have these meetings every three months and nothing moves forward, right? So what we do is we structure the team, we put top advisory out there uh, uh, working with the company. Uh, we connect them with the, the right people. And to be honest, and I say that very kindly because I come from that background and I used to be totally clueless about that. But usually, Uh, technical founders, they have no clue about how to structure and, and, and grow a business, right? Mm -hmm. So, for example... It's another can, language. Yeah. yeah. It's another culture all, all, by, yes. all, all together. Yeah. So, for instance, we were, we're working with a light-gen company that, that has a great piece of technology. We're connecting them to top uh, senior VP, C-level, uh, venture folks with, uh, with big pharma and big corporates like that in the U.S., I mean, of course, there was my, my partner that was a former chief strategy officer at Merck that was leading the negotiation, right? Okay. I mean, because you're not going to let those guys, I mean, those guys are so humbled. I mean, they almost, they almost apologize for having developed something that works, right? So then they're not that people. <laughs> no, I'm kidding a bit, but um, 
But you, you know, I, I understand what you say. Because yeah. the, the problem is, and I, I will tell you why, why, why is that? Because, and I used to be like that. I felt like when I was describing what I was doing, if I was not extensive about the technique and the materials and the methods and blah, 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 like we do in, in, in conference in, and so forth. In research, I, yeah. I was not legitimate, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody gives a crap. I mean, if you want to sell something, drop the science. I mean, it, it will sound totally crazy to most people, but I don't give a crap <laughs> about the science. People use it. I mean, people use this smartphone every day. They don't have, they don't have a clue how it works. The only thing That's they true. care about is the value that it brings to them. So if you cannot explain to me your program, what your, what your project is going to add to society in two sentences without talking about science, you don't have a business. Mm-hmm. So, and this is, this is what I meant that the, the mindset that you need to, to, to tackle this kind of um, business environment is the total opposite mindset of, of being a research scientist. And once again, for very good reasons. You don't want to have a, a, a cowboy businessman to, <laughs> to, to rush <laughs> papers and, 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 and fake results to go faster, right? <laughs> you don't want this kind of, of, uh, of behavior, right? So, I mean, and I think that that's what we bring. The, the biggest value that we bring is throughout our team, we have kind of a quadruple of this quintuple uh, culture. We have been serial entrepreneurs. We have some people that have academic background. <clears throat> We do have people that have corporate experience working with governments also. Mm-hmm. And also we, we do have also people coming from the venture world, financial world. And mm-hmm. all of these worlds are worlds that desperately need to work together to create value, but they don't speak the same language. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I have a question for you and we get, we're reaching the end of the interview, but I... Again, there's people in academia, people of with many people with artistic interests, people you know, there you know, there's creatives, there's but there's people with the uh, entrepreneurial fiber, mm-hmm. and uh, they might be, you know, not see like you before going to the states. You didn't see what was you know behind that chain of mountains. You know, you didn't see that there was a space there where you would thrive in a different way. Uh, and kind of to close the interview. What advice do you have for, for you know, graduate researchers or postdocs yeah. who, who have this will to go into, into the, the you know, business, entrepreneurship, startup space? How can they, what can they do to start open, open their vistas and maybe get, get some, some training or some experience that will help them get to, to, to a position that resembles yours? Yes, I think first and foremost, be, be honest with yourself. Try to understand, does it, is it made for you, right? Are, are you willing mm-hmm. to be the risk takers? Are you willing to not pay yourself a salary for 12 months? Are you, because uh, there's no such thing as an assisted entrepreneur. You're going to have to fight. No, but I mean, this is also a delusion. I mean, it's crazy about all this public funding and especially in France. I mean, they give a lot of grants to, to entrepreneurs. It, it's counterproductive because you force people that are not made out, cut out to take risks to become entrepreneurs. Because it's mm-hmm. easier to have a business class with CEO on it than, uh, than, than finding a real job, right? I mean, that's what you see. So that, that's one. I mean, if it's not for you, that's fine. There's multiple ways that as a scientist, you still can be a shoulder in the company and be at the board, a scientific board or whatever. So you don't have to be the, 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 the I mean, being a CEO of your own company you will need to burn science completely, <laughs> almost, right? <laughs> no, but that's it, right? And you can be maybe the chief scientific officer, you can be the chief technical officer, there's many roles and responsibilities. So first and foremost, be honest with yourself, what do you want? What, what are you good at? And I'm, 
strongly believe that everybody has a very thin layer where uh, a thin regimen where his efficacy is optimal, right? So be mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. be there. If you go, if if you really go at network networking, having managing leader, uh, these are the traits, right? I mean, and and and. And, and those things are very hard. I mean, to me, this is something that I'm very keen on learning about leadership and so forth. And that, that's the major point in my, in my own character that I'm trying to improve as of today, to be honest, right? Because it, it's mm-hmm. freaking hard. Mm-hmm. And what's very hard, it, it seems kind of obvious, right? We, we all see this kind of movies with captains and uh, I mean, like <laughs> war army and you see this band of brothers and, 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 and we see that, yeah, yeah, this is, I could be there, that one, right? I could be that leader. It's not that easy, right? It's hmm. you need you need to you need a, uh, to be able to be the one of the most selfless person ever, right? Because your job as a CEO is to put everybody else in the company before yourself. Hmm. <laughs> and to be honest, it's I, I won't lie. It's you're going to be lonely. It's going to be hard. And actually, it's going to be it's going to be much harder than doing a PhD. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. Different, <laughs> not for the same reason. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> now that. Just be honest, let's face it, what is going to be. And then I think the only thing that you can do is it's a freaking empiric process, right? It's try and error. You're going to have to go, do, fail a lot, sometimes miserably, <laughs> keep learning. And if you, if you keep this curiosity, this willingness to learn from your own mistake, and, and this is why I think humility is the most important trait, right? When you're going to have a feedback from a customer or whatever that's going to tell you that something is wrong and you need to change, will you have the necessary humility to take into account and to change? Or you will you listen to your ego and please your ego and telling, no, no, everybody else is wrong and not me. So I, I think that's, so first, yeah, very, verify, check yourself with your character. Are you, are you willing to do it? And then just do it. I mean, I, it's, it's mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. There's, there's no, there's no magical recipe. Literally, you can build a company only focusing on who you want to serve, understanding what they are doing on a daily basis, right? What jobs they are trying to do, connect with them on the functional level, but not only emotional and social, right? Because this is what sells and understand what kind of value you can add. And then you design a product, right? Not the other way around. And usually it's, and I've been doing that, right? I work on a thing. I think there's a product and the product is, I mean, the value of the product is so obvious that everybody's going to buy it. That doesn't work like that, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And oh, and uh, one last thing, if, you know, people, who, you know, listeners who might feel, but I don't know the culture or, uh, again, they hear, you know, we talked about this at the beginning, that what they hear in corridors is, oh, uh, you know, business is it's dirty. Uh, how can they network themselves to start learning the the lingo and 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 maybe start meeting people who can make this change? Yeah. Just as a last comment. Sure. I mean, networking is hard. Also, there's no. I mean, it's something that you take a lifetime. I mean, that's also something that I wish I understood much earlier in my life. To be honest, the value of a good network, <clears throat> and that's something you need to build on in your entire life. The thing is, usually, if you connect, if you contact, even cold contacts people. And just be curious about what they do. I mean, people are usually friendly and will respond. So mm-hmm. you can do that very easily. You can also register to go to networking sessions. I mean, there are a lot of clubs and stuff like that to meet people. But uh, yeah, just be, I mean, use, I mean, use exactly the same <laughs> thing that you do as a scientist, right? To have hypothesis and validate those hypotheses. This is exactly mm-hmm. what you need to do on the business side, right? You have hypotheses and you need to validate them, meaning that you need to talk to your, 
your potential customers. You can you, you can mm. talk also to people and say, okay, uh, this this. I mean, once you have engaged a discussion with someone, it's going to be very easy to 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 nurture this relationship and and use use it not in terms that you know I mean not use the person, but just be respectful and be be curious and then reach out to people. That's it. That I mean, right. Well, then, Fabrice, if people want to talk with you and yes. ask you some questions, yes. how do they reach out to you? Uh, how do they find find out of, about your ongoing projects? What, what's yes. what are the the links and uh, maybe Twitter handle that you have? So through our websites, uh, we have we have a contact email there. Uh, we have a LinkedIn page also. I'm on LinkedIn also, so and people mm -hmm. can reach out to me there. Uh, I'm usually quite nice and I respond, so <laughs> you can Perfect. just reach out so to me. What I'll do is I'll put I'll put those uh, on in the in the notes page um, in, in the notes page of yeah. the the episode. Can do you want to share uh, the at least the URL of uh, the Monaco Foundry? Yeah, sure. So it's uh, Monaco M O N A C O Foundry F O U R N D R Y dot com, and uh, my personal email address it's Fabrice at MonacoFoundry dot com. Excellent. Fabrice, I hope it was an interesting conversation for you. It really was for me because it's not so often that I can, you know, that I have someone who who goes so deep into the the just this statement of let's you know burn the science and 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 think of the the final user. You know, it's it's kind of counterintuitive, <laughs> but uh, I, I it, it's it was really interesting to to try to to wrap my 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 mind about, around that. And I think uh, it's going to be really interesting to the to the listeners too. And um, what what was also what I found also really interesting was the whole process of for you of you know being in science and not really conscious of the you know the possible interface with with business uh, you know and, and and within entrepreneurship then moving country and having your your whole you know horizon change completely yeah. and then your your mindset changing completely also and then the the other kind of again when you say you know when you look back it's linear but then you you found this opportunity in France which was kind of connected to knowledge transfer then eventually going back to your the country where you were born to do something really much closer to what you do today and finally saying okay i'm going to go out on 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 my own with you know with with colleagues of course uh, i i really find it inspiring and uh, again it shows how you know a phd is is something that does not limit what you can be it's something that that uh, that uh fuels what you can be if you have you know creativity it can be on the creative side if you have this entrepreneurial fiber it can be entrepreneurship mm -hmm. i, I really yeah. really enjoyed it no no thank you very much it was very enjoyable to me it's such a great show keep up the guru david and yes i agree i think yeah there's a lot of value and i think maybe the phd crowd is still one of the most undervalued crowd compared to what they can do right and i think in, in the north american culture it's a bit less in europe it's even i mean to uh, Uh, sorry, I'll share that as a last comment, but mm -hmm. do, doing one of my um, interview for a job, one of the human resource person told me like, oh, I'm looking at your resume now. You've, you've done one of the top engineering school in France and, and then you've done, done a PhD, right? I don't understand. This is, not, <laughs> this is not added value to me. It's kind of subtracted value. Oh, wow. And then I realized, I said, okay, I'm never going to work with you. Bye. <laughs> with this <laughs> well, but, you know, things are, are changing. I, I agree that, that uh, it's, it's been, it's, 
the 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 that's the reality that we have and that we we have inherited but just like papa phd i i see other uh, other things happening out there even in universities that mm. that are kind of changing the ways the the phd is understood by uh by candidates but also by potential employers and uh, i you know it's it's hard it's a lot of work to change yes. you know th something that's been deep seated for for a while but uh you, no you you're right the it, the what's what we've inherited is a very rigid and and, and stereotypical image uh but things like this conversation today i think will help break it and and open up people's horizons and and uh and it'll help them imagine themselves differently and, and yes. picture themselves in the future in a different way that, anything is possible idea. exactly anything is possible <laughs> i mean you can learn anything and uh not i mean once again the only limit is yourself yeah fabrice again thank you and uh, all the best for your projects yes you too david talk soon thank you And that's it for this episode of Papa PhD. Thanks for tuning in, happy sharing, and see you next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Papa PhD podcast. Head over to papaphd.com for show notes and for more food for thought about non-academic postgrad careers. I'll always be happy to share inspiring stories, new ideas, and useful resources here on the podcast. So make sure you subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts to always keep up with the discussion and to hear from our latest guests.